Today we've got a special episode on EPQ, the Extended Project Qualification. Since we've all completed our EPQs in the last year, we finally closed those ring binders for the last time. We thought we'd share some of our retrospective tips with you. Now, EPQ isn't offered everywhere, and some people won't have heard of it, so we'll just give you a quick overview of the main options to begin this episode. We haven't been releasing episodes recently because of some big exams that the Revision Hub team had to take, but you'll be glad to hear we got our results back. We're all pretty happy. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoy this episode all about EPQ. So the EPQ, the Extended Project Qualification, is recognised by teachers and some within the higher education sector as a useful differentiator of talent, especially in essay writing, researching, finding sources, referencing, um, using wider skills of problem solving, analysing and critical thinking. So the two options with an EPQ is a 5,000 word essay. Now I know you're thinking, oh my God, 5,000 words, but really once you're typing and doing it, because we've all done the essay, it literally goes just like that. It goes really quickly. You shouldn't obsess around the word limit. Or there is the other option of doing an artifact. So this is like a physical thing. So a book, a short film, a presentation to a specific audience, a play, event, like a fashion show or a musical. I'm not joking. I'm literally taking this from an official exam board. You can do anything physical. Um, and I think I would, if I'd go back and do EPQ, like that fashion show would be quite fun but that would take a lot of work. But with the artifact, you have to do a 1,500 word essay. Now, obviously this is a lot shorter than the 5,000 word essay, but obviously you're creating something on top of that. So just weigh up the pros and cons and just see what works for you. Talking about doing the essay, like I said, we all did the 5,000 word essay. And um, the thing with EPQ is that you can do it on anything and I mean anything like I did mine on veganism and the environment and I was proving about if veganism is the best way um, to help the environment and you can probably guess that because of the vegan diet it does but I really actually found out it was the elimination of meat and making the conscious choice of reducing your meat intake but I know that you two did very different projects. So yeah, I did mine on environmentally friendly smartphones because like, I've always had an interest in it. And this is kind of basically just an opportunity to have some time to kind of research it and just go in a bit more depth. And I feel like having a topic that you previously looked at is actually really helpful because otherwise if you go in and you suddenly realise there's not actually enough places that you can obtain data and information from, to actually be able to hold a strong argument and kind of back up all of your ideas and actually that can really set you back so that's kind of a tip that I suggest just over kind of the summer or like the coming months up to when you're planning to start your EPQ actually just do a bit of surface research to say is there enough to actually be able to go through fully and not be kind of scraping around the bottom of the barrel for a few words yeah, on the other hand, um, I didn't do an environmentally friendly based project. Mine was focused on uh, the use of role playing games in education compared to other like game based methods, which are becoming more popular, like using video games in gamification. But 
certainly, as Mark said, one of my early projects just didn't work because there wasn't enough research into it. So I had to like move it because I was originally going to do role-playing games kind of alone, but I moved it over to include education because it was just not enough research. So that with this uh, better one, I was actually able to go in depth and with the use of like video games and gamification, there was more content to look into and research. Um, You've got to do your research. Yeah, that's like the biggest thing. And if you have enough research to do your EPQ project on it, you've got to decide if you have enough. Because the first thing in the production log, which is what you do alongside the essay or the artifact, which basically just shows the examiner your journey. And like the first section is about your initial ideas. And um, basically, I'm a big activist when it comes to like feminism. And I really wanted to do mine on that topic. But because it's such an emotional attached subject, it was hard to get like true non-biased data. And um, yeah, so you've got to do something firstly that you enjoy please just do something you enjoy. I can't stress that enough. You are taking a year out of your life to sit down and do this. You are going to be sat there scrolling through Google Scholar, trying to find an article on this topic. And like, yeah, you need to enjoy it. Secondly, there needs to be enough data to actually do your project on this. Because like we've all done kind of academic-y, I guess, type subjects. But literally, you can do your project on anything. And when I mean anything, like you can do if the Kardashians are a good enough role model. Or you can do something more serious. For example, I know that a previous year did something along the lines of to what extent was America to blame for the 9-11 attacks? So like, yeah, you can do anything and everything, but just enjoy it. I think the real importance with what you're researching is just to get the meat of like academic content in there. You're writing an argument, first and foremost. Um, your title needs to have an argument in it. So you don't just want like quantity of sources. You know, endless newspaper articles is fine. What you want is like the, the meat of the argument in your sources. You want probably 20 to 30 like really good sources by the end of the project. So you know, if there just isn't, like, if there isn't 30 sources out there, you're not going to find enough. So actually, obviously referring to secondary sources, but actually I chose to do primary research as part of my project. And that was probably one of the biggest things that I took away in terms of skill acquisition. So actually, if your topic is suitable for doing that, then that's something I'd actually really recommend. And mm. also, if you are going to kind of go down that route, doing a trial run, honestly it's the best thing you can do because actually it really does make your data a lot more valuable and avoids both you and the people filling out your survey from wasting their time and obviously that's crucial yeah and i think another point i want to make is that throughout this epq journey to put it quite bluntly you don't have a teacher you have a supervisor now the big difference between a supervisor and a teacher is they're not going to tell you what to do. They can only advise you through the process, right? So basically, they are not going to tell you like, oh, yeah, yeah, your essay here. Um, yeah, if you just tweak that paragraph round, that would make your point sound so much better. Oh, yeah, and develop that point. 
no they are not going to do that they will just say yeah you know what it looks good overall i mean there are some minor tweaks but it's looking good like that's literally what my supervisor said to me yeah to jump in on that i was told at christmas so you know i'm already about three months into the project that my teacher didn't think my early stuff showed in like but i think it was something along the lines of like that my my supervisor was just worried that i was going to fail from what i'd shown in the early early months i hadn't had any feedback on that before like it was good enough to get by but it wasn't like great um yeah but talking about supervisors thinking you're going to fail um don't do what i did for epq to um put it lightly please do your research have enough data seriously and i mean that and time management you seriously need time management i don't have any time management i never really have and i thought yeah yeah, yeah i can get away with my epq just you know meeting the deadlines that the supervisor set me and i never set any for myself um and also don't get carried away because my story long story short is i had crossover with my a-level subjects please that just counts as plagiarism so basically you can't submit your epq um and that happened to me and uh, this was about march uh, this year i had the research i just got carried away like i was my um veganism topic itself i really wanted to look at how um it's like impacted by um the media and um I thought I could get away with using theorists that I'd learned in my media studies class. And yeah, no, don't do that because that's where the plagiarism is. That's what I did and I had to turn it round. So essentially, if you want to take EPQ, what I'm saying is it's a challenge. It really is a challenge. Um, You can learn time management skills along the way. We all have to submit our EPQ in about May time? Yeah, it was around May, like the end of May. So I had like less than a month to redo my EPQ. Now I'm probably like um baking it bigger than it seems, but um don't plagiarize anything. Um seriously, it will help you out a lot. Actually, if you just slightly reword stuff, which is easy to do if you just digest in a massive like 30 page document and you're basically just rewording that document and that's also an issue because obviously you're not actually bringing anything Mm -hmm. to the table you're just reproducing loads of different things and bringing it all together into kind of one document so actually that's something you really need to keep an eye on because otherwise like you might not think you're plagiarizing you might have no intention of doing that but it's just something that can just come back to obviously really hurt you because then mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you get really stressed because you have like no time. So yeah, you have to add to the field of study instead of just paraphrasing what people yeah. have said, essentially. And um, also, what counts as plagiarism is a lot of quotes. So if you want um to back up your research by mentioning quotes by um studies, don't quote them a lot. Uh, the whole EPQ project is about analysing and evaluating. Mm-hmm. So I'd um, suggest you'd focus on that rather than just quoting people saying, oh, yeah, yeah, this helps my study. Why? It's that because. 
yeah one or two good quotes that show the source's intention is fine but you don't want to be doing you're not writing an english essay for instance you're not analyzing like what they're saying in, in bits of text just display what they mean if you know it's an important point take that um just to because you know rewording it would lose its effect for instance and then just uh, like explain it you don't need quotes for every source but for those ones that like have that one key point like like that one great sentence that sums up the entire like source in one piece use those ones but just like a sentence or two just whilst we're on the topic of key points is kind of right at the end of your process but at the end if you're particularly if you're going for a long essay probably it's still relevant if you choose to do the artifact in a short essay i really recommend getting someone external who hasn't kind of look to your project throughout the process just to proofread it because if you're going through yourself you kind of know what you've written and what's on the paper might not actually be what you think you've written and obviously if they don't have experience in the field which kind of by the end you're basically an expert on it then they might be able to say actually that makes no sense and obviously you can go back and change that and similarly if you're over the word count they can say, is that really important? Where you might think it's important, but then that just allows you a lot more easily just to think, is that really bringing anything to my project? Because obviously if it's between either taking out a piece of nice analysis or taking about our bit of background information, then sometimes the background information just needs to go. Yeah, your parents are a godsend. That's what I would say. Use yeah. anybody and anyone. <laughs> I got my parents. Mm. Um to proofread pretty much everything um, but I've realized we've been talking about doing the essay a lot and the majority of marks which are involved with the EPQ come from developing and realizing it's literally 40% of the marks and that comes from the production log and I know I touched on it um, briefly earlier and it's just talking about how you've got to your essay at the end of the day. That really is it. But I'll tell you, like, the, my top tip from EPQ is examiners love when you fail, but when you overcome that fail and, like, show how you've adapted. That's it. Literally explain pretty much every time you've adapted your project when you've, like, come across a hurdle because that just shows them that you can um, problem solve, take decisions critically and um, achieve planned outcomes. So like, yeah, that is my number one tip. Adapt where you can. And I mean, don't be negative, be like, oh yeah, no, everything failed, but I did this, but you kind of have to do it like, okay, so I came across this problem and here's how I resolved it. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that I think is kind of important to mention about this is that you will be spending the majority of the time you're working on your EPQ on this production log. Uh, report itself is the fun bit of it, um, I feel. Yeah, in a weird way it is, yeah. But, like, you're going to be spending a lot of time writing this product log, and if you are, like, exclusively interested in writing this report, you're going to find, like, the first like four or five months pretty like dull for you um that's not to like dissuade people 
we I didn't really think about how much like of this re- like product log I actually had to write, but like I think it's just important that that you know that before going into it. Yeah, you need yeah. to be honest with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've really got to debate if EPQ is actually right for you, because I mean. It really depends on what you want to do post-secondary education. Like if you want to go to uni, um, EPQ really helps you out because, um, I mean, some universities will look at lowering your um, entry grades because you've done an EPQ. But the only downside is you have to have like an amazing, like top grade EPQ for them to even consider it. I mean, some universities do just ignore it. So you've got if you do know what you want to do I mean don't worry if you don't know what you want to do but it is also good to actually look at if universities actually accept them in the first place yeah but not to like try and um, make you not take EPQ it's a really big decision because you've got to balance it on top of three A levels uh, or four if you um, are doing that because it technically EPQ is half an A level, but the effort is a full A level, quite frank frankly. Yeah. It takes a ton of effort just to produce a report and a production log mm. and actually and do a presentation. Talking about the presentation, you know what? That was my favourite part. Because basically you essentially get to show off, <laughs> quite frankly. Um it literally you have a board or a powerpoint i mean it depends how your teachers set it up because we did ours in a marketing style presentation but i've seen stuff on youtube where people have to do 20 minute speeches we just had to do five minute speeches just repeated so i mean it depends but like literally you get to show off your project and like if you're like me and you love performing it's great fun like what I did I think my like unique selling point from my project was that obviously I'm doing mine on veganism right so I was like you know what I'm baking stuff like make your project stand out and make sure people actually come to your stalls so you can practice before the supervisor actually comes to your stall and like assesses you um so yeah I baked some flapjacks some vegan flapjacks and oh my god they were really tasty I'm sorry I'm putting that out there um and you know what that was from BBC Good Food there you go search up vegan flapjacks um there you go there but seriously that was the funnest uh, part for me um I think I used Canva which has really nice aesthetic um powerpoint like style things to help me show off my um presentation and I think it just really helped if it was really visual as well but there's a balance when it comes to the presentation like you've got to have enough visuals but um enough words but you can't have too many words and less visuals it's like finding that balance in between yeah the the sweet spot between the two is important just to go back to the idea of like getting people to to try your speeches on um, invite your friends to go to, along to it. You're going to be more comfortable speaking to them, probably, um, because <laughs> this is a topic which you know pretty well with people who you you speak to a lot. Um, so you can like practice your speech with them, and then later when your supervisor comes over to like properly like have you do it 
you'll have done it enough. So I did mine about like six times before my supervisor came over. I had flashcards that day, but I just didn't need them after about the fourth one. Um, so just enough practice and like that's going to affect my grade maybe. I mean, it was pointed out, but I don't know how far it will, but just like the confidence of not needing you know, resources to talk to people because you've done it enough times that you just know the way your speech flows. And don't be too hung up on following your speech to like letter of the word. Um, have the major ideas and just kind of let it flow nicely, even if it doesn't follow the what, what you have originally written. Yeah, I think another point I'd add on top of that is that you're the only one who actually knows about this topic. So when people come to your little stand they're like, okay, tell me about your project. Now, I know that sounds like a little bit of a scary question, but, like, if you mess up, uh, well, if you don't, like, say the, the thing you wanted to say in, the, like, the right way, but you still get the facts across, they're going to be none the wiser. I mean, sure, your supervisor does know the journey you've gone on, but they're going to take into consideration, like, you're, that you're presenting to an audience so they've got to kind of act like an audience and they will ask you a ton of questions be prepared for like a ton of questions um they will be sprung on you um you can't do anything about them you can't prepare for them i'm sorry that's the way it goes um but you know what go with it and don't panic about your answers so i feel like you've just got to bounce off what they say use their question and twist it for your first sentence like I waffled quite frankly but I got my way around it so like be reassured that waffling sometimes helps but sometimes it doesn't help at all it's finding that like medium of sorts and just relax I think if you're stressed while doing this presentation that's not going to help and I know it's easy to say and I do remember going oh my god it's the presentation um before i started but once you get the hang of it um in our case because we could do our speeches multiple times um yeah it was absolutely fine but if you have to do with like the 20 minute presentations or whatever it is just what we didn't do just do whatever you enjoy before you're doing it just make sure you're relaxed before you actually do this because i mean the presentation at the end of the day it's not many marks but it is part of your EPQ. Just going back to that idea that sometimes you just don't know the answer. And instead of trying to pretend that you know the answer, like sometimes it's just best to say, sorry, I don't know the answer. I'll get back to you. Because that's what I, I actually did with one of my questions, which one of like the general people in the public just asked me. And then about I was able to do a bit more research and a day later kind of send them an in-depth answer. I gave them kind of a brief answer with kind of what I knew, but they asked kind of something specific about a specific smartphone. So I was able then just to do a bit more research and then come back to them. And they kind of really appreciated that. So I think it's yeah. important kind of in that situation, not just to get a bit flustered, but kind of deal with it confidently, kind of do what you can, but then know that you can come back later. The only problem is with like the real thing, it's how to get around when your supervisor asks a question you don't know. Um, and that's really quite tough. Um, it really depends on the type of question. But the way I would approach it 
is basically if you don't know the answer you'll be like okay I didn't look at this in my project but if I could yes the what if if I went back and did it again I would do it because reflecting back I think I, I'm pretty sure examiners do enjoy um, when you like look back and think about how you do things differently that was like the top tip our supervisor gave us just talk about what you do differently um the best way i found to avoid like question panic was once again just to get people to ask you questions um but additionally i put some extra stuff up on the board which i didn't even plan to talk about in my speech that i felt were kind of important background information that i could refer to if i needed to um and that meant that if there was a question which like hadn't quite answered in my speech i had prompts on the the like board i was using that i could bounce off of to get a response if you put like deliberately put stuff up as visuals like it's kind of like a fingers crossed thing you think hopefully people will look at it and go oh, okay so you've said that fact what does that fact mean in terms of your project like invite your audience to look at the visuals and then question you further because with the whole project you don't want to answer every single question you've got to be specific but not specific in a weird way like tell them about your project and like the process and the findings but leave enough for them to question you yeah you kind of want to set up traps for people who are asking questions so that there's this like points of interest that they want to ask more about you've just given enough for them to like bait them into it um and therefore you can give like really great answers to stuff um because you were kind of expecting them to go that way so that's our little epq chat in a nutshell i don't know what to call this advice i mean probably the thing i want to leave with is that this is independent. If you didn't get that from um, listening to this, I'm telling it to you now. This is so independent, you wouldn't believe. Um, if I could go back and do EPQ again, see, that's how what got me the marks for doing my EPQ. If I went back and did my EPQ again, um, I would get my research done in the first few months. I mean, I know this is what the teachers said to us, but like they say it for a reason. And um, when you have your one-on-one -on -one supervised uh, meetings, however um, many times a week they, or fortnight they happen, ask as many questions you can. Um, just be open and honest where you're going and where you're planning to go with your supervisor so they can see what's happening and advise you as much as possible because you really are in this alone, sadly. I mean, you can use your um, friends just to like, like help out with little bits and bobs to make sure like your production logs like sounding good but at the end of the day you are doing this on your project and your topic your topic is different to someone else's topic oh and yeah don't compare yourself to other people in your class because everyone will be at different stages because of their topics whatever you do don't compare people's like work to your own um, or just don't compare, like, oh, you know, if someone's already on, I don't know, 3,000 words and you're on 1,000 words, don't beat yourself up for that. But yeah, in short, EPQ is tough, but it's rewarding at the end. 
so I hope you've enjoyed this little episode and um yeah we'll see you next time bye bye bye